How's it going, everybody? Just want to remind you that this show is sponsored by AgorasNexus.com, premier sponsor these guys in that podcast, and of course, Vandalay Industries. Don't forget, we are on BitChute. Please subscribe to the BitChute channel. Use guys and that podcast. You can find us very easy on there. Uh, subscribe and uh, tell your friends to do it if they haven't done it. So we appreciate that. Thank you very much. So um, I hope everybody's been doing well. Uh, last time we chatted, Kevin McCarthy was on vote, I think, six. I think it got, what, to 15 or something like that to get that douchebag uh, up there with the gavel uh, to do absolutely nothing with your time. It has been interesting. The TV networks have really enjoyed it. Uh, but uh, he is the Speaker of the House of Representing. After all that, huh? After all that. So, uh, congratulations, uh, Kevin. Uh, way to go. Well, serious accomplishment. Nobody believes in you. So get fucked. <laughs> pretty much. So with that being said, uh, we're going to I want to get into a couple of domestic things that happened here. I don't know if anybody knew this or not. This is kind of new to me. And I'm a fairly decent, like big fan of uh, aviation. I enjoy learning about, you know, different kinds of aircraft and stuff like that. And, you know, their capabilities. I'm talking about civilian aircraft, of course. There was an FAA ground stop today. The first time since September 11th that it happened. Cancellations all across the Fruited Plain. I had no idea. Why? Uh, let's see here. The United States Federal Aviation Administration lifted its ground stop order Wednesday morning after suffering a nationwide technical outage, causing mass cancellations and delays. The travel chaos was caused by the failure of the FAA's Notice to Air Missions system, which alerts pilots and other personnel about airborne issues and other delays uh, in airports across the country. More than 1,000 flights were canceled in the United States, and more than 6,700 flights in the U.S. were delayed as of 11.30 this morning. They did lift it. Um, they, everybody's back in the air. I, I, I have no idea why, like, wh why this happened or how this happened. Uh, it, it's, it's complete, it's, it is crazy. It is crazy that ground, that, that, that they grounded the aircraft for all of them for the first time since September 11th of 2001. Uh, the, the outage has fully been fully restored. Everything is back and up to business. So thank you, Secretary Pete, uh, uh, booty judge, uh, as <laughs> booty judge, booty judge, uh, for, uh, he's the, uh, secretary of transportation. And congratulations to him. Uh, first gay guy to hold the job. Not the first CIA asset, too, however. Sorry. <laughs> um, apologies for that, Pete Booty Judge. So congratulations to the FAA for getting their act together. Wild stuff. There's a bomb cyclone going off in California that's causing a lot of problems for people, including deaths. Uh, you know, it, it, there's some wild footage that you see of these... Um, these mudslides it's just wild shit happening uh tons of mud rock debris people being hurt in uh montecito or montecito if we're going to pronounce it um carefully see so yes so it's been very it's a higher death toll than the the wildfires in california over the past two years so this is serious business in california another reason to leave while we have very cold weather and people make fun of us we also have cheaper rent prices if you can believe that and i'm sure that you can uh unfortunately we do have taxes but they are far lower and we can have firearms that have more than a 10 round magazine um 
uh, we have standard capacity, as my friend Christopher likes to yes. call it. Standard. Um, which to Ten some... rounds is subpar. Subpar. Substandard. Who, who does that? Communists. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who yeah. says, you know what? I want to get a rifle. I only want a 10-round clip. Yeah. Or magazine. Excuse me, magazine. Yeah. That's, that's all I want. That's all what, I want. What do you need more for? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. What do you need more for? Uh, <laughs> you know? Because I want more. I want a 50-round fucking drum mag. That's yes, why. please. For the pistol. For yeah, the pistol. yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this, Russia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, I know that we've... Uh, we're going to go in a different direction today. This is going to be an ongoing series. This is part one of the series that we're going to be taking care of today. Dealing with separatist movements across the planet. If we miss any, let us know. Um, there are so many of these. We're kind of trying to deal with some of the more popular or larger ones. I don't want to hear about your brother-in-law living in Lorraine County that he decided to create his own country and has his own currency that he wrote on pieces of paper. That's not going to cut it, okay? That's not what we're talking about, all right? It's got to be more than and then your racist uncle and his Nazi friends out in the woods who are going to do the Fourth Reich. I also, that's not going to count. We have people doing the Fourth Reich right now. He's not needed, okay? They're just going to have barbecue and complain about black people and the Jews. That's <laughs> Um, big deal that there's more, more, more of the same from the same types. Unfortunately, um, we don't want to hear about that. We're talking about larger movements, um, and hopefully we'll cover quite a few of them for you. But again, if we miss any, please do let us know. We will probably still cover some of the more racist side of it, um, where uh, you know we're talking about dividing up the country according to uh, different ethnicities and races, um, according to some of these you know people who. Clearly, uh, I mean, whatever, they're entitled to their opinion, no matter how stupid it is, like the rest of the country, right? So, but before we get started on that, I know this is a old, an older article. However, I want to remind people that this is still, uh, this is something that we still believe in with all of our, uh, our mind, body, and soul, whatever that might be, that the government, the state, is, is your enemy, Okay. Yes, Russia does suck. The Chinese communists do suck. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, your domestic state and federal government and your local government are the real problem in your life. Okay? I want, to, I want it to be clear. And this is from, we do shit on our neighbor from the north, and they do take a hot dump on us, and we go back and forth. Michigan is still one of the Great Lakes states. They're freshwater people. Um, and um, even though we give each other a hard time, they're more than welcome at the barbecue, all jokes aside. Uh, we have far more in common with them. Uh, they have standard capacity magazines up there, too, in spite of the communist state government that they have. Congratulations on reelecting Gretchen Whitmer. What a great choice. 10 out of 10 stars. <laughs> this is a great one. Um, so this woman in Michigan, this is from last year. Michigan woman charged with caring for wildlife without a permit. Animals killed by state officials. Oh, perfect. They solved the problem. Oh. Th that's right. Now, oh. I, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want people to understand. Just the, the, I'm going to go through this article. But just understand that even though you're doing the right thing and they know you're doing the right thing, these are the agents that come to report, it doesn't matter. Because just following orders, which I guess we determined at the Nuremberg trials is completely not an excuse for doing the wrong thing when it's domestically it's help yourself go ahead 
just follow orders all day long. doesn't matter. Okay? So let's go through it here. <clears throat> this is from Jared Leone. Or Leone. It depends on where Jared is from, I guess. Uh, from the Cox, C-O-K-S Media Group National Content Desk. Uh, no, it's C-O-X, but I was hoping that it'd be a C-O-C-K, because that's the right kind of C-O-C-K-S. <laughs> right. This is from Petoskey, Michigan. Michigan wildlife officials charged the woman for taking care of wildlife without a permit, then seized six animals from her refuge and killed them. Department of Natural Resources Lieutenant Jim Gorno said Keiju Farm, that's K-E-I-J-U, not J-E-W, before you guys start having, some of you start having fucking, uh, you know, epileptic seizures. Uh, owner Julie Hall was first warned about a year ago, the Petoskey New reported. What ha- quote, what happens is the wildlife is raised. Sometimes if you let it go, they become a nuisance or even a disease issue here. Last fall, or a year and a half ago, that's kind of a pretty big discrepancy. Last fall or a year and a half ago. Last fall or 25,000 years ago, in between that. <laughs> you know, yeah. somewhere. Yeah, somewhere between yeah. last fall and fucking 2600 B.C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> it's oh, the, more of the same. Uh, last, last fall or a year and a million and a half years ago, there was a tamed white-tailed buck that was in the Petoskey area that was causing issues, Gorno said. When it, was, when it got, got to mating season, uh, it could be very dangerous to people and other animals. This buck was found and had to be euthanized because it was a danger to the public, end quote. Keiju Farm, known in the community for its work rehabilitating wild animals, was a refuge to goats, chickens, alpacas, donkeys, horses, and other wild animals. The agency got another complaint earlier this year. I want to know who's fucking complaining. Got another complaint this year, and on Thursday, wildlife officials returned to the farm. They seized and killed six of the animals, the Petoskey News reported. Because the animals could not be released, they had to be killed. The animals included a small deer that was taken in uh, in the fall at around two weeks old, Sassy, a half-blind raccoon with Down syndrome, and Poe, a one-legged crow and child, it had brought in so a one-legged crow and a retarded it, raccoon a retarded raccoon um a uh a, a small deer but the crow with its with its kid all right right the kid brings it in thinking it's doing the right thing right right the kid the, the child yeah. is like you know something this crow has one leg I'm trying to, you know, because, you know, kids can be assholes, but a lot of times they can be compassionate and they haven't become cynical or become complete degenerates just yet. I'm going to bring this crow into this. People know about this refuge, right? You're going to take care of this bird, right? Okay. Because a one-legged crow is clearly a problem for the fucking community in Michigan, right? Got to have a permit for that. (laughs) Yeah. Did you pay your tax on that? Yeah. Um, Fuck you. Yeah. That's so aggravating. It really is. Chris, you can't drink the water in Flint, Michigan, but they're worried about a one-legged crow. Right, right. So they they, uh, euthanized this one-legged crow? Yeah, all of the animals. They killed all of them. Jesus, why? There was only six of them. Quote, that's why the Department of Natural Resources is in place. We have places for these animals. Then why don't you just take them in instead of killing them? (laughs) Right, that's that's why we have these in place, so we can go out and just 
indiscriminately murder other animals. It's <laughs> it's for the public safety. Um, you know, it could because you got to pay your taxes to make animals more gooder, and everybody knows that. That's right. <laughs> everybody knows that. That's a that's a that's a fact. You can't question it. You know, the science is decided on it. You know, you pay your taxes, and these animals are more gooder. You know, you don't pay your taxes. <laughs> We're gonna have to come on in here, and we're gonna have to kill your animals. You know, <laughs> now, that one-legged crow clearly is a public nuisance. We are gonna have to uh, violently murder it in front of you and your children. Um, <laughs> we got three snipers up on the ridge. If you don't cooperate, you know we're gonna start. I'm just gonna come in here and just start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> you heard Ruby Ridge? Same thing. Yeah, you uh, heard all the Ruby animals. Ridge? Yeah. Only just on animals. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I shot your wife while she was holding a baby. I thought it was a deer's. <laughs> you mean yeah. I, I killed? Your I dog? thought it was a deer without a permit. <laughs> um, I didn't see the tax stamp on the deer, so we shot your wife. That's right. <laughs> and then I feared for my life, so we shot your dog as well. Um, <laughs> God, if I wasn't laughing, I'd be crying. <laughs> I, I know. It's like you say this shit is a joke, but like it really isn't that far from the truth. <laughs> it is not. Certainly not. So we can't just rehab every animal that we get a call on. We know that, you fucking retard. That's why this lady was doing it. Okay? Because you can't do it all. I understand that Julie took in everything, but what happens is... She has us to call, has to call us, and she has has to say uh, that you know we just don't want everybody to do it and not be inspected because then you're going to have facilities that aren't good for these animals, as opposed to the one-legged crow um, that you know if it doesn't go to any facility, it's just going to get eaten and killed because yeah, that's can't, natural selection. Can't risk them going into a facility that isn't good for them, so we're going to indiscriminately murder them. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, we quote, we put out a I press fucking release. hate the government boy with a thousand sons. So who, okay. Who was the fucking snitch that called That's on what us? I want to know. That's right. What I want to I, know. I know who the snitch is and let's, let's beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> well, no, let's, let's just string end... him up, string him up by his big toes and beat him like a fucking pinata. Well, yeah, that's one way. Or like we could be like, you see what you did, motherfucker? Yeah. You made it worse. Now they're dead. Because what you were, which which is exactly why we should string them up by their big toes and beat them like a pinata. Right. <laughs> I mean, hose. like I know that like animal hoarding can get out of control. It sounded like she had six animals. It didn't sound like it was a big problem. But like, even animal hoarders like take care of their animals before they take care of their themselves. And yeah, that's probably not like the most ideal situation, but. At least they care. They're not like just randomly trying Wait. to murder them. Wait, I got a good one for you. That I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. I'm going to repeat the words of this um, public health official or uh, uh, Gorno, the Italian savior and murderer of wild animals that can't be. Wait, wait. This is great. This is great. Before I get into further description, <clears throat> quote. I can't do the southern accent. Christopher would have to do, but I'm just going to do the regular one. We put out press releases every spring saying, do not pick up wildlife, do not keep wildlife, do not take wildlife out of the wild, end quote. It is illegal, and it's not good for wildlife. 
Most of the time, it's almost a death sentence for these animals because a lot of them can't be re-released after they are raised or taken by humans. So it's a it's a death it's, sentence it's if they go death, back, right? It's a death sentence because we're going to kill them we're if gonna you don't pay your tax. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did anybody else read this in Michigan and go, wait, wait a minute. You killed them anyway. What the fuck right, are you right? about? Yeah. It's, uh, oh man, I hate these people. Yes. Yes, I, I hate them as well <laughs> with the fire of a thousand suns. I can't even. I, I just, uh, it's, it's, too much. it's a death sentence because we're going to come in and we're going to ruby ridge them. Yeah. It's really awful. It's really awful. Oh. Uh. It's too much. It is too much. I agree with you. I agree. So <laughs> that one-legged crow is a public nuisance. I'm really pissed <laughs> off with that. It was too much hip hopping and around. Draw and quarter that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Here's the other. You know what? While, semi off topic. Here's one thing. Now I want to get it straight away to everybody and very clear. If you adopt dogs because you're, you're you like to rescue them, I think that that's an extremely noble thing to do. I really, really do. I think it's awesome. Um, our friend uh, Todd and uh, and Greg they they rescued three all three of their dogs, and they're very happy there. Um, my dog goes over there and plays with them. It's awesome. Like it's it's wonderful to see it. However, I don't think people respond well to lectures from others when they're like, "Hey, I'm looking for a breeder because I want a specific type of dog." Whatever the reason might be. And you're like, well, why don't you adopt, not shop? <laughs> How about you mind your own fucking business? And if you don't know, then don't say anything. I, I can't I can't stand that shit. It's once again, that wasn't the question. Do you know a breeder for Dog X? No? Then shut the fuck up. Right. Adopt, don't shop. Well, Ooh, you, you know, changed my mind. I'm going to go ahead and listen to you. Like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> Yeah. A lot of these places, so like if I decided to adopt because of where I live, mm-hmm. um, I I don't have a backyard or a fenced-in backyard. The it's adoption, true. the dog, cat, whatever, adoption yep. agency would not allow me to adopt because I don't have a house and I don't have a backyard. Even right. though I would take the time to exercise the animal and take it to the park or what have you. Yep adoption they don't allow for you to not have a house in a backyard you have to have a house in a backyard unless you're getting like a little tiny tiny dog then they might have some you know exceptions or whatever sure sure. but if you want to adopt a dog let's say like you know medium size to a large dog unless you have a house with a fenced-in backyard and you meet this criteria they won't give you the dog so you're left with just buying because of these strict rules. Like you can't live in an apartment and then adopt a dog. They're mm-hmm. never going to allow you to do that. So explain that one. Yeah, I'm not playing 20 questions with a stranger that works for a government agency that then has the <laughs> right. ability to tell me that I can't get a dog. The deal is I have money. You have dog. I give you money. You give me dog. Right. Uh, otherwise, otherwise get fucked. I'll do business elsewhere. Thank you. Right. Amen to that. And they also, like, take away, like, they neuter or spay the animals, which it's a good thing to have that happen in those types of situations. Sure. I understand that. However, if you want to eventually breed your dog, you can't 
because they've taken that choice away from you. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like that whole premise, oh, well, you know, adopt, don't just shop and buy. It's like, well, it doesn't meet my criteria, so go fuck yourself. Mind your own mm-hmm. fucking business, like you're saying. Like, I have certain mm-hmm. standards. Go fuck yourself. You sniveling, self-righteous cock. Right, and That's I shouldn't right. have to own a house to be able to have a dog. Like, nah. you know? That's, like, kind of fucked up, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think that, um, you know, that people, again, if you want to, I, I am I am very, very glad to hear that people adopt these pooches and get them out of absolutely, yeah, absolutely. terrible situations. However, if I'm particular, like, if I want a German Shepherd and I want to select the breeder, that's my money, my, my decision, and it's none of your fucking business, okay? So... How about we don't tell people what to do and yeah. you mind your own fucking business and we could start with that. I mean, you know? honestly, like people that are like getting puppies and then mm-hmm. turning them into these organizations because they can't take care of them or the cuteness wears off, they're fucked up. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. I get a dog, when I buy a dog, that dog is my dog for the rest of its life. Yep. You know, and... I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to have fun with my friend until, you know, it's time to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to shorten that time with a dog, I'm sorry, that's already probably old. And then I have to worry about other shit that comes along with it. Like, I want to enjoy the dog. I don't want to have to have problems and inherit somebody else's problems. And sometimes these dogs attack you. Sometimes they have a lot of, like, psychological things going on with them because of whatever. And people are like, oh, dogs forget. No, the fuck they don't. They snap sometimes. Yeah. They, they try to bite kids, you know. It happened. In fact, I read something the other day. A seven-year-old girl was mauled to death by a pit bull in Louisiana. Uh, the owner just allowed the pit bull to roam the, the neighborhood free without a leash, no fence, anything. And this little girl was outside playing in the yard. And the dog killed her. Um, so bad shit happens all the time. But, uh, yeah, I just, again, when it comes to animals, I think that, uh, you know, adopt, don't shop. That's your, that's your philosophy. You go ahead and live that way. You just don't get to tell other people how to do business. That's all. Right. And, um, that place in Michigan, I'm very sorry for that lady who was trying to do the right thing and tried to do something good uh, for animals. And uh, the government came in and murdered their, well, you know, Jay, Maybe maybe you should just shut the fuck up is what you should do because I'm not interested. The one-legged crow, really, guy? It was going to yeah. die no matter what out there. And this yeah. kid brings it in to save it, and this lady's taking care of it, and the government destroys the bird. I mean, I know it's a stupid line to draw, but Jesus Christ almighty. These people are actually trying to do... This person is trying to do something good with their time, and well... Nope, we have facilities for that, and if you don't do it, fuck you. We're gonna kill everybody. How do you like yeah. that? Well, so come in and start blasting. That's right. Yeah, but then it's like, why didn't they just say, "Hey, you have six. Stop, stop it right here. We're gonna be checking up on you, and if you have more than six, then we're gonna have issues. Like, why not just try to like? Because well, these people wanted to exercise their authority that's why i agree with that no other reason they just want to do exert their authority i i agree with that i think you're right it's just i don't know why people can't work more together than you know 
Like, let's just kill these six animals. I still like, want, like, whoever that snitch was, like, what a piece of shit. Yeah. Yep. What a piece of shit. I That's hope like they the, feel like shit. I they probably so. they probably don't. They probably don't. They probably got it was probably some some fucking bitch with a Karen haircut that fucking <laughs> wanted to speak with the manager. Yep. Yep. Aggravates well, me. It really is. It's very aggravating. So there's your moment, your ten minutes of hate. Uh, just to remind you that the the government is uh, not your friend and not working your best interest, especially when it comes to things like this, where this person's minding their own business and trying to do the right thing. It's a uh, it's a goddamn shame. So moving on from that, uh, more of the same as one would expect from the show. After all of this time, we are going to take uh, some of our time and talk about some interesting things. So there's Tom Woods wrote a book not too long ago, the great Tom Woods, um, one of the smartest pers- uh, people in the liberty movement, one of the smartest uh, persons I've ever listened to. Uh, he's fantastic, articulate, uh, great guy. I don't know if anybody's familiar with him. I'm sure if you're on Twitter and you, you know, Tom Woods is a uh, is is very popular. He has a very he has a strong following. Is uh, he? A, isn't there a musician? Tom Woods. I have no idea. I'm t- I'm, I'm There's no idea. Tom Waits. Tom Waits. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right. So <laughs> there was a W and an S. He wrote a book about the national divorce because mm-hmm. this has become a uh, question where individuals are beginning to discuss this, although not to the levels that we would like to see them at, where people actually go through that we do have a divorce. Uh, but when it comes to separatist movements, this is nothing new. Uh, the United States of America was a separatist movement uh, that separated itself from the British Empire in 1776 uh you know i just a reminder that your country if you live here is built on rebellion and built on secession whoops dirty word every time i hear 1776 i jones i hear alex even even you try to say it like oh 1776 like i still hear 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms what a legend. What an absolute <laughs> legend. Um, we're going to be starting in North America first. I know it's a little biased. Don't worry. We're going to make our way all over this uh, ridiculous rock floating in space. We'll, t- we'll talk about all the stuff that's going on as far as the major ones are concerned. So uh, the first one I want to talk about. Now, Angel, I sent an email to you, and there is a map on there. And if you wouldn't mind bringing up this map, uh, it's a geopolitical map. Of an area called now, of course, some of our listeners in the Pacific Northwest ought to know a little bit about this, and it's called Cascadia. Okay. Yes, I know about Cascadia. Cascadia. Right. So this is a cross-border, you know, proposed uh, political entity, if you will, um, between uh, Canada and the United States, comprising of Oregon, in some cases, in some cases not. Depends on which map you kind of look at. But in a lot of cases, it's Oregon and Washington, the state of Washington, and British Columbia. Okay, um, and there you have it there. So these the, the province of British Columbia, and of course down here we have uh, state of Washington and state of Oregon being proposed. So, you know, it has a population, this entire area that we're looking at, for those of you who are taking in the podcast, uh, the audio only, we're looking at this map that comprises these three territories. Like I mentioned, 16 to 17 million people, pretty big uh, GDP of $1.1 trillion. All right. 
Now, there are sub-states within this movement, okay? Now, some of you may or may not be familiar with the state of Jefferson, for example. The state of Jefferson uh, consists of counties in, I believe, southern Oregon and northern California that want to form their own state because neither one of them feel like they're a part of Sacramento's culture or I think it's, isn't it Eugene is the capital of uh, Oregon, I believe. Yes. They, they don't feel like they're a part of it, that uh, they tend to be a little bit more conservative, honestly, more pro-gun, um, more pro, you know, leave me the fuck alone, that that's not necessarily a conservative value, unfortunately, as we can see. But nonetheless, they're not a huge fan of more of the left-leaning, uh, you know, coastal areas of their respective uh, states and territories. Okay, so they believe that the shared eastern-based federal capitals of both Ottawa and Washington are out of touch with the people of this specific region. Uh, between This is an interesting, this is uh, from uh, the Alaska Highway News, and that's the source that I got this from. It's quite an interesting statistic if you consider the demographic we're looking at here, the age group between 18 and 34-year-olds. Uh, they support the independence of this region about a count of 66%. That's a sizable number of younger people. Mm-hmm. Very sizable. And it's something that ought to be considered. Again, with the conversation of national divorce coming up more often than not, I figured this would be a good opportunity for us to kind of take a look at some of these that are, you know, we'll start here in North America and make our way out. Okay. A 2018 Zogby poll showed that 68% of Americans, this is in general, this is just not a Cascadia, 68% of Americans were open to their state or region having the right to secede from the Union. Mm-hmm. Okay? That is the highest number recorded since the Civil War. And this was in 2018. So this is promising. And after the um, the pandemic... You know, depending on who you ask, that is still ongoing or it's at its end, depending on, you know, which news channel you turn on or which political party this individual belongs to. They're going to tell you one way or the other how they feel. Uh, That is a significant number. 60, I mean, 68 percent of Americans saying, you know what, it wouldn't be a bad idea for some of us to go one way and some of us go another way. Right. Well, I mean, I'm not surprised with that statistic, because for years they've been conditioning the American public to accept secession from other countries and regions and, uh, you know, different states, um, you know, not the United States, but different states and other countries and other regions. Um, you know, they, the, the U S government and others have been going in and, um, helping these people, you know, rise up against the government that's already there and then promoting separation and independence for other countries. So why wouldn't, the younger people who have been around who have seen this go on say, well, we should be able to have that too. Fair enough. Um, I think that that's, and by the way, I'm pro secessionist across the board. I even said when um, all of this stuff jumped off in Ukraine, I think that those folks in the, in the Donbass that don't want to be there shouldn't be there. I mean, if they feel like they should be Russian, they should, they should stay there and be be Russian. Like, I think that everybody has the right to self-determination, and if they want to make a move, make a move. I I think that, uh, I think that's the way it ought to be. And that's a peaceful solution. People look at this and say, 
well, this is an immediate they escalated, if you will. If you if you take into consideration, you bring up national divorce or the word secession, which is why I'm glad national divorce the phrase has taken over secession because when secession is brought up it immediately conjures up images of the civil war and the reasons why that war was fought right a national divorce or a divorce in general is supposed to avoid that violent conflict right we're going to agree that this is a toxic relationship that we don't want to be in it because when you apply you know when people say well the union is perpetual here in the united states of america maybe in the united kingdom perhaps the union is perpetual. We must. This is just. It's. It's a blood pact. It's a blood oath. Um, this is just how it's going to be, right? Okay. Try to apply that to several other areas of your life in every other relationship. Let's say you have. You're supposed to stay in a shitty marriage. You're supposed to stay in an abusive relationship where you're being, you know, treated like garbage or exploited. No. Right. No. 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 It's okay for you to part company, right? Why can't that ideal be applied? <laughs> On a macro level, where we're talking about states, uh, capital S or lowercase s. I mean, again, and if you ask, you know, this is, you know, if we're going to use the traditional binary American thinker where it's one party or the other party, which again is fundamentally retarded because there's a lot of gray area in between those two colors, right? Mm-hmm. And there's people like us who are completely in the black, um, who are not a fan of any of this garbage, right? But if we if we actually talk to them. I'm sure the blue the blue state people or the blue voting people, I'm sure they feel that they should also be the ones that should be allowed to go, right? Like when when their guy or gal isn't in charge, they feel like we're out of here. You know, we don't want to be a part of this. California has a secessionist movement, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. They do. California, and I, I if they if I could find raise the money to get them out of here, Christ Almighty, would I ever? I mean, no offense. But you're right. You should go. You know, really. We'll buy our strawberries from fucking somebody else. Okay. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? I'd rather buy Mexican cartel avocados than anything from you motherfuckers over there. I'm I'm sorry. It's just it's it's California crazy. We, we a lot of good people there. We're you know I'm you know we wish them well. We wish them well, and we just send you off. But um, I yeah. don't want any of that California bullshit. <laughs> As Tony Soprano would say, 24 years ago, first episode was uh, yesterday. 24 years ago, The Sopranos aired. If that doesn't make you feel old, my friends, my goodness. Some of you were like, I wasn't even around back then. We know, okay? You don't need to repeat. Uh, we know. Yeah, okay? don't remind us. Yeah. yeah. Well, for- we were, so fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's that as well. Yeah. Um, moving on to another uh, secessionist movement that perhaps people are not too familiar with, especially here in the United States, a separatist movement. Um, and, uh, this one, a lot of folks don't know about. And in fact, I think a lot of Americans may be completely oblivious to the fact that Canada is a bilingual country, uh, with two very, at least two very distinct cultures. If we're not considering also the first nations people or native Americans, as we call them here, uh, that is Quebec, right? Good fishing in Quebec. All right. Now, Quebec has had a very, uh, Rocky history, of course, with the whole of the Canadian Federation going back to before when it was British North America after the uh, secession of the 13 colonies, which is now part of the United States of America, right? So 1760 was the end of the what people call the Seven Years' War. It used to be called when I was a kid the French and Indian War. 
Uh, we actually had some sites here in Ohio that date back to the French and Indian War. As a matter of fact, in Pittsburgh, you can find Fort Duquesne, uh, which is a French fort. And also outside of Pittsburgh or in the general area, there's Fort Necessity, where George Washington built a fort that the French uh, put the siege briefly and forced the young George Washington, who was fighting for the king, to surrender and leave with honor with colors and arms. Um, both attached and the firearms. Ha, ha, ha. Get it? No, go fuck yourself. Anyway, so so we have some cultural differences between Canadians that are English or Anglophone uh, and because they tend to be more Protestant, okay? And I'm not talking about anymore as much as being religion as being a factor as much as being culture, okay? So more English, Anglophone culture versus the French, which is more Roman Catholic and, um, you know, set in their ways as being French. Um, again, this was a uh, the result of France and Great Britain going to war and the British winning the Seven Years' War, which uh, they took all of French Canada, uh, which, you know, was the, uh, uh, the Plains of Battle, the Plains of Abraham, I believe, is the big battle where they took Quebec City, I think. I don't think it was Montreal. Um, and then, of course, they did take they did take Montreal, the two biggest cities in the province, and Montreal is, I think it's 50-50, English and French speaking. And Quebec City is like, I think, 80% or above uh, Francophone. So there are some distinct, there are very distinct differences between the two. In fact, where Ottawa is located was a compromise. So the capital is not Toronto, it's Ottawa, okay? And Ottawa was chosen because it's right in between, it, it rides the border of Quebec and Ontario, so it's kind of like a compromise, right? And they're like, we're, we got one foot in here, we got one foot in there. You know, we're friends with everybody. You know, boppity boopy. <laughs> um, meanwhile, our friends out west that we just talked about in Cascadia don't like any of it because it's too far away and out of touch. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are the two dominant cultures, right? You have like you know English-speaking culture versus French-speaking culture, right? Okay. So now that we got that, um, one of the things that did was preserved was um, in 1774, the Quebec Act was passed by the House of Parliament, uh, which established that Catholics could hold public office. Oh, that fancy. By the way, one of the darker parts of our history and many, many dark spots in our history, we have to own it. Uh, our forefathers in this country were none too pleased about that because they were like, great, you're going to let these Catholics have office in uh, British North America, in Quebec, that shit's going to make its way here, and we don't want anybody that ain't Protestant down here. Unfortunately, that is the truth, amongst many other things, like, you know, blacks, Jews, women doing anything down here. Unfortunately, that's just the way it was back then, so they weren't uh, none too happy about that. Uh, they also preserved French law, so French law is still being used in the province of Quebec to this day. All right, so 93% of the population in the province speaks French, and about 51% speak English, okay? Now, the major divide in this country is usually along the lines of conservative versus liberal, I guess you could say. In Quebec, it's not like that at all. It's between nationalist and federalist, those who favor Quebec independence versus those who favor the Canadian Federation, you know, what they have now, okay, all these different provinces and territories. Okay. Okay. Now, there were two major referendums for independence in the country, in the country, in the province, right? I'm already giving them independence. You're already out. No, it's unfortunately for them, it did not work out well. 
1980, they had a referendum where 59% of the population voted to stay in Canada and 40% said, uh, we want to go. Well, in 19, and that was with 85% turnout, according to the statistics. In 1995, 93% of the voters turned out, allegedly. 50% said they want to stay. 49% they said they wanted to leave. 1% margin of victory for those who wish to stay in Canada. Now, little do we know, a lot of people don't know this, that there was actually a, a insurrectionist group, I, do you want to call them terrorists? I guess you could. Uh, by all uh, rights, they do fit the bill, okay? okay? Which is to achieve their political goals by violent means, which is how most political goals are usually achieved, at least historically anyway, including the independence of this country. By the way, we didn't file paperwork. We shot at them, and they left eventually uh, after a long, protracted war. So the Front de Libération du Québec... I hope I got that right. If not, apologies to... Who our, cares? Our, well, they're our friends. So uh, They're not my friend. <laughs> I know they're not your friend. They were active between 1960... Guy, my apologies, you snail-eating prick. <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Merci. Uh, in 1963 and in 1971, uh, the Front de Libération du Québec was active. It was a communist left-wing nationalist guerrilla group so communist and nationalist group kind of together is a very strange thing but it's not uncommon okay so when you think the plo the palestinian liberation organization they were left-wing and nationalist at the same time it's again it's not unique there there are quite a few groups some there's the trotskyist right now wringing his hands that is not fucking possible you can't be communist and a nationalist sorry listen here jack yes you can i guess i don't know uh they wanted to secede uh quebec from the rest of canada and establish a workers paradise i guess you could say i don't know whatever uh definitely um believers in the propaganda of the deed which is to act upon the things they believed in uh, serve as a catalyst for a revolution to overthrow the Quebec government and establish a society run by workers. They viewed English as being a, a language of imperialist Anglo-Saxon colonizers. Okay, there's some cause for that. Um, we'll go through some of the details here, right? So they attempted uh, to attack the Canadian army with Molotov cocktails. Okay, start out a little bit lightweight, all right? If you want to consider that yeah, Mazatov cocktail. Take that. <laughs> We're throwing it at the Goyim. Um, <laughs> uh, they also tried to uh, bomb a uh, section of the rail between Montreal and Quebec City, which probably angered a lot of workers trying to get to their jobs, therefore, therefore impacting the very people they were trying to liberate. Um, Qu'est-ce que c'est? Sacré bleu! <laughs> I'm not going to get to work on time. <laughs> Très bien. Uh, it did get a little bit ugly here. Uh, they did end up killing a furnace worker, Willie O'Neill, uh, when they bombed a recruiting center in 1963. So somebody who had nothing to do with their gripes, in fact, a fellow worker, was murdered by their own hands. Not a good look at all. All right? And then uh, in... 1963, they planted 11 mailbox bombs total 
Uh, however, most of them got taken care of except for one, and the one that did detonate was uh, the last one, and it killed uh, the bomb technician who was trying to defuse it. And then in 1965, a 64-year-old office worker, yet again in a shoe factory, was killed alongside a 15-year-old terrorist who had the bomb. So, once again, impacting the very people that you're trying to liberate. Not a good look. Pretty big one in 1969, the Summer of Love, here in the United States. Uh, Just like the 2020 Summer of Love. Lots of love being thrown around. Uh, They bombed the Montreal Stock Exchange, and they injured 22 people. We have also had stock exchange attacks here in the United States, one most notably in the 20s, uh, that was uh, carried out by anarchists and uh, resulted in the Palmer Raids thereafter. It was called the First Red Scare. Uh, However, their communist left-wing group did not manage to kill anybody in this. They injured 22 people. They also hijacked a 727 and got it uh, to fly to Cuba, the land of opportunity, milk, and honey, as I'm sure all of you are well aware of that one. Uh, And in 1970, this is a really ugly one that kind of turned the public against them. They kidnapped the deputy premier of the province of Quebec, Pierre Leporte, and they murdered him. They kidnapped him, and they killed him. So, yeah, that was definitely not good. Now, there was this thing called the October Crisis that happened in 1970. It was the Liberation Cell. That's what it was called, the Liberation Cell cell underneath the FLQ, the Front de Libération du Québec, also known as FLQ, before Angel makes fun of me one more time for mispronouncing it, or just, you know, she thinks if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they kidnapped the British Trade Commissioner, James Cross, as he was leaving his home from work. Uh, after that, um, the another cell kidnapped, like I said, Pierre Laporte, and he was murdered, okay? In the following days after that, the group had meetings to increase public support uh, for their cause. A uh, general strike uh, happened involving students, teachers, and professors. It resulted in most uh, of the French-speaking uh, schools to be closed, both post-secondary uh, and uh, primary. In uh, 1970, again in October, more than 3,000 students attended a protest rally in favor of the organization FLQ. Uh, the FLQ released a list of demands in order to get the release of this individual, the British Trade Commissioner, to be released. Uh, the release of 23 political prisoners, okay? Number two, the FLQ members André Lassard, Pierre Marcel, and Réjean Tremblay. They sound like they all play for the Montreal Canadiens. Um, that's a hockey team, by the way. Uh, who were out on bail at the time of kidnapping, should be allowed to leave Quebec if they wanted to. Okay, great. $500,000 in gold, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, I like gold. And so do the commies, apparently. The broadcast and publication of the FLQ Manifesto, which we have and we will get into in just a second. FLQ. Uh, The publication of the name of a police informant. Now we're talking. Speaking of informants, it's probably the same fucker that went to Michigan and ruined this lady's Is there any other kind? (laughs) Yeah. A helicopter to take the kidnappers to Cuba or Algeria. I don't know if a helicopter is going to make it to Algeria. No. I mean, that's quite a ride across the Atlantic Ocean. You might want to go with an aeroplane. Again, I'm not an engineer, but who knows? 
Um, they can be accompanied by their lawyers. The rehiring of 450 La Palm postal workers who have been laid off because of their support of the organization, FLQ, and the cessation of all police search activities. Hmm. So um, they, they really didn't. They did release the guy, uh, but uh, none of the demands were really met at all. Uh, nobody got their five hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand in gold. <laughs> uh, the KGB was confirmed to be involved of in course. the group. Um, Who else? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, uh, they they established contact with them around nineteen seventy one. I mean, at least if the U.S. was involved, they might have gotten their money. I mean, we appear to pay all the terrorists. Yeah, I mean, so did, how about the one in Syria where? The uh, the Department of Defense terrorists were fighting the CIA terrorists. Yeah, and that um, was amazing. They were both well funded by the American taxpayers, so you know, I mean, it makes sense that Russia was involved because nobody got their money. It's funny you mention that. There's always like a um, a clutching of pearls, like the KGB was involved. The KG- but they were all broke, so it makes sense. <laughs> they were like, listen, we like this Marxism, but we have no monies. Okay, we don't have any <laughs> breads. <laughs> no, no salted fish. We're very sorry. Good luck. Okay, workers of the world unite. Yes, whatever you say, but we we cannot pay. I'm very sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So this is the manifesto of the Front de Libération du Québec, also known as FLQ. So. <laughs> See, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm trying to pronounce it right. I took French for a little bit, but uh, I, I know Spanish. Quebec. Uh, Quebec. There's good Quebec. fishing in Quebec. Yeah. Uh, so what, how, what's that? How's that bit go on uh, what you call it? Letterkenny? Yeah. Yeah. Quebec. 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 I, There's good fishing in Quebec. I fucking hate Quebec. <laughs> he goes, I fucking hate Quebec. <laughs> yeah, because his French girlfriend dumped him. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Never mind. Yeah, no, no. And they're all like wearing the same flannels and stuff and it's yeah it's an interesting uh it's 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 a good show yeah it it, it really is it's good yes so this yeah, is Le- letter kenny's hilarious oh it's fantastic i knew the new season is out too i'm looking forward to getting into that Ooh, i think I, I don't think i've watched like the last couple i think i've only watched up to like season five it's still good did you watch shorzy at all no i haven't watched shorzy That's- I mean, I'm a hockey guy, so it's really funny for it me. It was really funny, but it's it's good. Like he, the, the, Jared does a great job. My my favorite, not to go off topic, but since he mentioned Letter Kenny, the uh, the one day I think he's like a like the pastor at the church or whatever, kind of ambiguously gay, gay dude. Yes, and like he sings that fucking he, that gothic uh, like band or whatever, like yeah. like my 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 tattered journal. He's like, I want to be close to Christ and wine. <laughs> and wine. Oh. <laughs> Dude, that shit cracks me up every time I hear it. It's good. It's de- it, no, the way it's casted and everything, or um, what is it, the Amish people or the Mennonites? What the fuck? What, what are they called? The, the family. Yeah, they're they're called the, the Dickens or whatever or something like that. And, you know. They all think that there's sexual connotation behind what that farmer's trying to say. Anyway, it's a real funny show, and it's in Canada, but uh, not all of it's in Quebec. This, however, is a manifesto for the FLQ, okay? Back on, back on the horse, if you will. Uh, the, fr- the FLQ is neither the Messiah nor a modern-day Robin Hood, just so you know. 
It is a group of Quebec workers who are determined to use every means possible to ensure that the people of Quebec take control of their own destiny. The FLQ wants total independence for Quebecers, a united in a free society, and purged for good of the clique of voracious sharks, the patronizing big bosses, and their henchmen who have made Quebec their private hunting ground for cheap labor and unscrupulous exploitation. This is very good. It could be written by, uh, I mean, very well done. The FLQ is not an aggressive movement. No. I mean, when you bomb shit and kidnap people, it's not an aggressive move whatsoever. Maybe in, you know, Sinaloa cartel-controlled Mexico, but, you know, uh, you know that's perfectly normal. Not an aggressive movement, but rather a response to the aggression perpetrated by high finance through the puppet governments in Ottawa and Quebec, the Brinks Show, Bill 63, the Electoral Map, and the so-called Social Progress tax power corporation doctors insurance and the la palm boys i mean this sounds like they're pissed off at very many people uh the flq finances itself through voluntary taxes levied on the establishments that exploit workers so you also are i mean are they really voluntary are they are they really voluntary or they're like you know gun pointing at you you know you it's your choice you know yes very voluntary yeah. Uh, the financially powerful who uphold the status quo and make up the majority of the traditional tutors of our people have obtained the reaction they hoped for. Step backwards rather than a change for which we have worked harder than ever before and for which we will continue to work. We briefly believed that it was worth channeling our energy and our impatience, as René Levesque has aptly put it into the Parti Québécois, but the liberal victory clearly demonstrates that what we call democracy in Quebec has, democracy has always been and still is a, quote, democracy of the rich. Democracy. Democracy. That's right. In this sense, the Liberal Party's victory is a victory for the election riggers. Okay? That's rigging. (laughs) Yeah. With an R. Ra, 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 ra. Yeah. Consequently, we have washed our hands clean of the British parliamentary system, and the FLQ will never allow itself to be distracted by the electoral crumbs that the Anglo-Saxon capitalists toss Quebec's way every four years. Yeah. Many Quebecers have realized the truth and are ready to take action. In the coming year, Bourassa will get what is coming to him, 100,000 revolutionary workers armed and organized. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, it's on now. Yes, there are reasons for the liberal victory. Yes, there are reasons for poverty, unemployment, slums, and for the fact that you, Mr. Bergeron of Visitation Street, and you, Mr. Legrand of Laval, who earn $10,000 a year, do not feel free in our country of Quebec. Damn. Yeah, I mean, it's getting... Fingers are being pointed and names are being named. What, did Wayne Brady show up? That's right. What's happening? Yes, there are reasons, and the guys at Lord know them, and the fishermen of the Gaspe, the workers of the North Shore, the miners of the iron ore of Quebec, Cartier Mining, and Naranda also know these reasons. And the brave workers of Cabano Damn. who tried to screw who you tried to screw again know many such reasons. Okay. I'm sure that they fucking do. Yeah. Those people are hard as a coffin fucking nail. I agree. I you don't want to cross them. No. No. Yes, there are reasons why you, Mr. Tremblay of Panette Street, and you, Mr. Clotier, who work in construction in Saint-Jérôme, cannot pay uh, replete 
with jazz and razzle dazzle like we dra- know where you live <laughs> <laughs> like drapu the aristocrat who is so concerned about slums that he covers them up with colored billboards to hide our misery from the tourists <laughs> this, this is strong uh, shit and by the way the, that billboard trick ladies and gentlemen they did that for the olympics in rio de janeiro they put them in front of the favelas this is not an uncommon thing to hide the unmitigated poverty that some people live in in these countries. And yeah. this includes uh, the province, or excuse me, the country of Quebec before I myself get a letter in the mail designed to kill me. I mean country. Excuse me. Okay. Yes, there are reasons why you, Mrs. LeMay of St. Hyacinth, can't pay for the little trips to Florida like the rotten judges and parliamentarians do with our money. The brave workers of Vickers and Davies' ship, who were sacked without notice, know these reasons. Yes, there are reasons why you, Mr. Lachance of Sainte Marguerite Street, go down to your to drown your, your despair, your bitterness, and your rage in a bottle of that dog's beer, Molson. How dare you besmirch the name of the Molson Brewing Company, sir? How dare... Or ma'am. Like, they know, they know where these people live. They're, like, not happy. They're naming the fucking yes. streets. Like, they're, they're Call, calling them out. Yeah, it's not a joke, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. And you, Lachance's son, with your marijuana cigarettes. I'm not kidding. That's what it says. Marijuana smoking with marijuana cigarettes. How dare you? Mm. Yes, there are reasons why generation after generation, you, the welfare recipients, are kept on social assistance. Yes, there are lots of reasons. And the Domtar workers in East Angus and Windsor know them well. And the workers at Squibb and Ayers and the men at the Liquor Board and those at 7-Up and Victoria Precision and the blue-collar workers in Laval and Montreal and the La Palme boys know lots of reasons. The DuPont of Canada workers also know them, even Damn. so if they will be able to express them only in English... Thus assimilated, they will be in large numbers of new Quebecers, the Immigration Darlings Bill 63. Again, some of these things we may or may not be familiar with. And the Montreal policemen, those strong arms of the system, should understand these reasons. They should have been able to see that we live in a terrorized society because without their force, without their violence, everything fell apart on October 7th. We have had our fill of Canadian federalism that penalizes Quebec milk producers to satisfy the needs of Anglo-Saxons of the Commonwealth. The system which keeps the valiant Montreal tax drivers in a state of semi-slavery Damn. to shamefully protect the exclusive monopoly of nauseating Murray Hill and its proprietor, the murderer Charles Hershon and his son Paul, who, on the night of October 7th, repeatedly tore the 12-gauge shotgun from his employees' hands to fire at the taxi drivers, thereby mortally wounding Corporal Dumas, killed while undercover. We have had our fill of a federal system that exercises a senseless policy of oil importation, while the low-wage earners in the textile and shoe manufacturing trades, who are the most ill-treated in Quebec, are thrown out into the street for the benefit of a clutch of damned money makers in their Cadillacs. We have had enough of the federal government which classes the Quebec nation among the ethnic minorities of Canada. We have had our fill as more and more Quebecers of a pathetic government that performs a thousand and one acrobatics to charm American millionaires into investing in Quebec. My nipples are getting hard, ladies and gentlemen. La Belle Province, 
where thousands and thousands of square miles of forests full of game and well-stocked lakes are the exclusive preserve of these almighty 20th century lords. We have had our fill of hypocrites like Barusa who, who rely on Brink's armored trucks, the living symbol of the foreign occupation of Quebec, to keep the poor natives of Quebec in fear and misery and unemployment in which they are accustomed to living. We have had our fill of the Ottawa representative to Quebec who wants to give our tax money to the Anglophone bosses to encourage them to speak French, my dear, to negotiate in French. Repeat after me. Cheap labor is the main odeur a marche in French. Okay, I repeated it. Don't get mad at me. We have had our fill of promises of work and prosperity, where in, when in fact we will always be the diligent servants and bootlickers of the big shots. As long as there's a Westmont, a town of Mont-Royal, a Hampstead, an Outremont, all the fortresses of high finance on St. James Street and Wall Street, we'll be slain <clears throat> until all of us, the Quebecois, have exhausted every means, including arms and dynamite, to rid ourselves of these economic and political big bosses who have prepared to use every dirty trick in the book to better screw us. Mm. Good language here. We are terrorized by the capitalist Roman church, even though this seems less and less obvious, who owns the property on which the stock exchange stands? Question mark. Owns. 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 By the payments to the household finance, by the advertising of the Grand Masters of Consumption, Eaton, Simpson, Morgan, Steinberg, General Motors, we are terrorized by the closed circles of science and culture, which the universities and their monkey-see-monkey-do bosses like Gaudry and DeRay, and by the assistant monkey Robert Shaw. These are some serious insults being levied here. Yeah. I mean, it's this guy, whoever wrote this, is super fucking serial. Yeah. Factory workers, miners and loggers, service industry workers, teachers, students, and the unemployed take back what belongs to you, your jobs, your determination, and your liberty. And you, workers of General Electric, you make your factories run. Only you are capable of production. Without you, General Electric is nothing. Workers of Quebec, take back today what is yours. Take back what belongs to you. Only you know your factories, your machines, your hotels, your universities, your unions. Don't wait for some miracle organization. Make, re make your own revolution in your neighborhoods, in your places of work. If you don't do it yourselves, other technocratic usurpers and so on will replace the handful of cigar smokers we now know, and everything will have to be done over again. Only you are able to build a free society. We must struggle not individually but together until victory is ours. With every means at our disposal, like the patriots of 1837 and 1838, who, those whom our Holy Mother, the Church, hastily excommunicated to better sell out to British interests. Long live free Quebec. Long live our imprisoned political comrades. Long live the Quebec Revolution. Long live the FLQ. Comrades. That is the manifesto of the... I'm not going to say it in French again. FLQ, because I don't want to get made fun of again. Who uh, made fun of you? Because I'm not good at pronouncing French. I don't... It sounded right to me, and if it's not, they can go fuck themselves. Who cares? <laughs> like, I mean, you're so, talking here. It sounded proper to me. I, I loved it. Good job. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're so, welcome. I thought it sounded like shit, Jay. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, the after the... Like I said, after they killed, kidnapped and killed that individual, the deputy premier, that support for the violent revolution went right down the toilet. Um, and then now, yeah, I, I, you know, it that was pretty well written. I don't, um, 
I don't uh, I don't doubt the sincerity of the writer or those involved in the writing. Um, but once you start, and again, people are like, well, I mean, you'll hear revolutionaries talk about this, and I'm sure Christopher has seen this, and I know the angels have seen this. Well, there are they really innocent when we talk about innocent people? Well, everybody's hands are dirty. Yeah, but when you're talking about a deputy prime minister of your little province, and, you know, you, you end up killing them, like kidnapping somebody and then demanding a ransom and getting it, Okay, all right, it happens, it has happened. I mean, I'm not condoning that either. I'm not, like, no, no, it's not all right. Don't do that shit. What the fuck's wrong with you? Fair enough, but when we're talking about trying to either finance or gain support, when you just start murdering people, I mean, I, I hate to, to, to bring it up, but, like, in, you know, the, the situation in Ireland, for example, eventually they all both sides are like, I think we're done killing each other, like, for a while. This is ridiculous. Nothing is getting solved and people are still just as pissed off as they were before or they're fed up with this whole goddamn thing and they just want their their kids not to worry about going to a bar or a pizza shop and getting blown up because somebody thinks that the, the british army's there for example right eventually people get fed up with it and they're like, and that's exactly what happens now it's a political movement they had another um i said there was two referendums they never got close enough ever again but now quebec is recognized as a country within a country uh, with its own distinct, obviously, its own distinct legal system, its own culture. And um, I don't see them leaving the Federation anytime soon. Uh, I think, like I said, they got close, but no cigar. Interesting fact, by the way, in the United States of America, we have some, We have the Amish, which you know, I believe they have them in Canada, too. Uh, they speak what's called Pennsylvania Dutch, which is a cute way of saying Old German. Okay, So they speak German as it was in the... 15th, 16th, 17th century mm-hmm. without the changes to the language. I have a co-worker who speaks that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The French uh, the French Canadians have something similar. They speak French the way the French uh, European settlers did. And so, like, as the language evolves and certain things change, just like if anybody's ever tried to read something in Middle English or Old English, it practically looks like another language. And in many cases, it is. It, yeah, it's you know pretty I mean? difficult. Um it's a similar situation in Canada, the comparison between those who speak Pennsylvania Dutch and those who speak, uh, f- you know, French as it's spoken in Quebec. It's different than what's spoken in the rest of the French-speaking world. So I always find those little things uh, interesting. Uh, that's it for this week. We will talk more about uh, the separatist movements in the United uh, not in the United States only, but, of course, we're talking about our neighbors to the north. We'll also tackle what else is going on in the Americas. North and South will be sticking with North America to we wrap that up. And then we'll be moving on to the next continent. I'm sure Europe is going to be rife with very interesting secession or separatist movements, as we will see in South America and just about everywhere where there are people, there's going to be those who don't want to be part of the, uh, of the group. And proud we are of all of them, whatever the may, uh, reason may be. So uh, that's it again for this week. I do appreciate everybody's time and support for the the podcast. Angel, do you have anything to add uh, before we wrap it up? Um, no, just uh, you know, BitChute YouTube sucks, yo. <laughs> you got it. Subscribe to the BitChute, please. Uh, that's where the content is being uploaded. The restrictions are non-existent. Uh, as you can see, if you surf around BitChute, you will find some unsavory stuff on there. It's kind of the way YouTube used to be back in the day. If you don't like it, 
don't watch it. It's well, really simple. I mean, it's it's hard because YouTube are, it, like is really cracking down even more so lately, and it's kind of almost like every single channel has to be like a YouTube kids channel because like if you curse within the first fifteen seconds of the video, they um what is it? Do they demonetize it or they take it down? I don't know. There's there's demonetize, a lot. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, we're not monetized anyway, but like. You know, they're doing a lot of shit, yep. and I can't keep track of it because it's always changing. Yeah, absolutely. And we get strikes on the channel, so I even have to be careful with, like, the shorts that I'm going to come up with. Like, you know, I, I have to figure some things out and, like, play some, you know, guessing games and see what works and, you know, what doesn't. And I have to wait until the 28th of this month before I can do that so the second strike is removed. And all we did was talk about a COVID article written by, a, like, MSNBC. Yep. And, like, we talked about elections, and we got two strikes. And it wasn't anything, like, crazy. Mm-hmm. We were just having a regular conversation, and they yep. striked our channel twice. So I don't want to lose the content. No, and we have a lot of good interviews on there. Like, for example, one awesome one with Scott Horton that we did. Uh, who's about as anti-war as they get. By the way, his Twitter account was suspended for whatever reason, which is wild, even in the Elon Musk era. That was a real strange one. Uh, Christopher, do you have anything to add? Anything good news? Anything like that? Nope. Everything sucks. (laughs) All right. Yes. Thank you. More of the same. More of the same. Much more. I would like to thank our sponsors once again, agorisnexus.com, Vandalay Industries, I Paint Akron, where all accidents are happy accidents. Uh, Ray Faba, fine art and design from the Great Lakes. And, of course, Team Mandalore, supporting our logo on those awesome jerseys. Thank you very much for the support. Keep up the great work and do, in fact, keep cycling extremely weird. You're doing a great job in all aspects. Have fun. We appreciate you. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have now come to the conclusion of our show, which means guess what? It's now time to talk about something that can be incredibly uncomfortable depending on your personal hygiene situation which is your ass, which is about your tackle box, the, those areas between those thighs, that area, you know, the dung ditches, as my friend Christopher likes to say, uh, fat folds, sweats, all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, while we don't believe in New Year's resolution, we don't. We don't do them here. We're not fans of them here. However, we do think that you should resolve to do something every day of the year, and that is to maintain a clean, hygienic body, Okay. It starts with the outside. If you want to clean up the inside of all the terrible thoughts that you have, the bad things that you've done, the uh, crippling depression from your stupid uh, decisions, indecisions, and deeds and misdeeds, we must begin on the outside. Please allow my friend, Dr. Todd, and his very gay soap. He has a PhD in getting that ass clean. This is cold-pressed, handmade soap from gay hands to your ass, your tackle box, the fat folds, Get in there and give it a good scrub. It is medicine for the largest organ you have, which Mm -hmm. is your skin. Don't deprive your skin of the glory of being clean with Todd's Very Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. We got a new bag of soap. Angel was able to acquire a brand new bag of different soaps. Mm -hmm. She's going to go through them all, let us know how it goes. Of course, we already know how to rate it 10 out of 10 stars. Why? Because this soap is fantastic. This soap is the cure for your shower malaise. You're tired of being bored in the shower? You're drinking that shower beer, worried about getting in the car and taking your kids to work on three beers? You're worried about a lot of things? Well, you can kids work. Kids to work. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? You're day drinking or what have you. Child labor? No. You're driving your kids to school. <laughs> so you're getting ready for the work day. You're trying to get sauced up so you can deal with your shitty boss who you don't have the courage to tell to go fuck themselves and find another job. We understand. We've been there. However, let's start the day off right. Let's smell good. Let's feel good. If you smell good and you're clean, it's going to set the stage for success in the rest of your day. Yes. Please patronize Akron Apothecary and Todd's Very Gay Soap because Todd's Gay Soap is... Stone for that funky, stanky booty hole. (laughs) (laughs) The best one yet. I love it. Thank you very much. Uh, We appreciate you all incredibly please don't forget to subscribe to the bit shoot we also have the patreon extra episode every week you're supporting the podcast putting your money where your mouth is it's with a ph please support the pod we're not trying to uh we're not trying to make a million dollars here we're just trying to cover costs uh to operate this uh this thing live from the closet thank you very much (laughs) appreciate it please uh check out our sponsors and thank you for hanging with us we deeply appreciate it love you guys thank you very much And take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.